Hey, twos and threes. Thank you for gathering with us. <laughs> uh, Caleb and I said before the podcast, we're just going to try that out. Uh, his reaction is genuine to this. <laughs> um, uh, I like it. I like it. <laughs> and fours can get out. Welcome to two or three gathered. (laughs) Now now I feel like you're going to do me any editing and that's how you're going to start it. You just be like, cut that initial part out. (laughs) Uh, Oh, oh, be fair. Fair for what is deserved from that. Yeah, um, I'll just make it hard for you and just say it again. So it's like, makes it hard to actually find the exact part. So. Uh, so welcome to two or three gathered uh i am one of your co-hosts caleb and this is my co-host jared hey twos and threes thank you for gathering with us this is my co-host jared (laughs) 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 okay yep yep Jared, how are you today? Yeah, I'm so good. Um, had a few laughs um, before the podcast, even during the podcast. You know, we're we're not even two, three minutes in. Um, uh, Notice the intention. Yeah, two or three. Intentional. I'm glad you picked up on that. <laughs> well, man, I'm so it good. Two or three hours. <laughs> Love it. Um, we. We should probably do our intro, eh? That's the professional thing to do here, eh? Yeah, yeah. Welcome all. Two or Three Gathered is a series of conversations with Christian brothers and sisters, considering their efforts and contributions to the kingdom vocationally, their stories and testimonies of God's sovereignty and grace, and an opportunity to tackle the relevant issues the church faces in the 21st century. In this, we seek to equip the saints by networking within the body, starting the conversation around often taboo subjects and seeking to develop unity across Christian denominations and traditions by starting conversations on worthy topics. We want to educate the wider body of Christ by asking these experts, people of wisdom uh, and people of wisdom across multiple fields, the hot button questions and sophisticated questions that we believe there are answers for in Christ's church. But, that there's not necessarily access to. And it is our heart that Christ himself would be in our midst as we converse about things we believe he himself is very interested in. Uh, Yeah, welcome twos and threes. Thank you for gathering with us. Welcome. (laughs) Welcome. Beloved listeners. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm trying to, I'm trying to convince Caleb, uh, dear audience, uh, that that's, that's a great starter. He's, I think he's going to take a few more podcasts to warm up to it. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. Maybe. How are you, man? I'm good. Um, I've recently uh, moved house, as some may notice, uh, if they've, they're watching video and have watched previous videos. Um, yeah, so we're still in the midst of unpacking, but we're almost done with that. So that's great. Do you find like a... Like when you actually moved house, were there some boxes that you'd never unpacked? 
because I've, I've had that a couple of times moving from place to place. Yeah, well, most of our stuff was unpacked in the last place since we didn't have a huge oh, amount of space anyway, so. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, man, that's good. And uh, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah, I finished school for the year. School's nice. out. Nice. Yeah, summer vacation, you know, all the relevant memes and all the relevant... Uh, <laughs> hmm. uh, there's, there's like a bunch of American movies about that very topic, huh? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Teachers um, have it easy. So thank you for joining us. Um, we're going to end it there. No. <laughs> Honestly, like, this is one perk that, like, yeah, you're right. Like, <laughs> you're totally right. We have it easy in this regard. Um, in that regard, yeah. In, in that regard. <laughs> um, no, nah, like, it's a nice perk, especially, like, um, I'm not even going to be like, oh, but when we're thinking during the holidays, like, we've, I get time with my wife and kid. And you know, I get that for six weeks. Like, what a dream! How cool is that? That's pretty. Um, yeah, man. It's actually like a something that came up uh, during one of my classes in the last two weeks that I thought would be a good subject of conversation for today. But uh, I thought I'd actually bring the topic to uh, Caleb CZ CZ today um, around C's up C's up. Like, uh, I was trying to do blood before the podcast. I can't do it. Neither. You should just, like, throw hands with hyper confidence and people are like, yo, he's doing bloods, you know. <laughs> um, yeah, like, I wanted to actually talk about this idea of conspiracy theories and Christians. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One, because I think, like, there's a part of me that's just, like, fascinated by <laughs> the whole idea of conspiracy theories. Yeah. Um, Two, I think it's quite a relevant topic, like in this day and age, in this kind of post-truth era, um, post-modernism, definitely, um, which is actually has a hyper-skeptic bent. Where we can, can we really trust anything, or you know, can we not trust anything? So as a result, like people uh, question everything. Um, and yeah, it's kind of on the back of like I had this idea. Um, you know, Matt Butler from church, right? Mm-hmm. So he told me, like, um, when he did uh, went to a legal conference, because he works, he's a lawyer, he went to a legal conference a couple of uh, years ago, they had to do kind of like a three-minute icebreaker where basically every lawyer at this particular group um, within the conference had to do, like, a three-minute speech on something. And so he chose to do a three-minute speech on flat earth, <laughs> like, um, wore a tinfoil hat and, like, you know, went straight face you know uh dogmatically trying to convince everyone flat earth is correct it's true i'm going to convince everyone um <laughs> and so i got the idea it's like huh you probably do that with a classroom of kids and so i did like you know like, <laughs> two weeks out before the end of the year i said to my kids because it's a wild kind of time teaching at the end of the year where like the assessments are all finished and the kids know the assessments are all finished so it's like you've got to find kind of creative ways to kind of keep them interested and keep them captivated. So we had a bit of space where I actually said, no, let's teach you some conspiracy theories. I'm interested in this as a topic. I think you guys could actually do some interesting ones. Um, And I got so many letters. No, I got no letters from parents. (laughs) Um, I had one. Yeah, there will be on the back of this. I had one kid uh, talk about cursing toys, you know, which was uh, interesting. Have you seen that before? 
About what? The cursing toys. Like basically, if you do combinations of buttons with certain like toys made for kids, they like essentially swear, and it's like they shouldn't. Oh, no, I haven't heard of that. Yeah, yeah. Look it up, listeners. Check it out. Okay. okay. <laughs> um, we had one which we'll hopefully talk about today about how um, the Simpsons have actually predicted the future on a number of occasions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you've heard that one. Yeah. Like, there, there, there's there. an entire genre mm. as you scroll down um, Disney Plus. You know, it's got the Star Wars collection, the yes. uh, MCU, uh, blah, 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 all these uh, Pixar movies. Then it says, uh, Episodes where Simpsons predicted the future. Really? That's an entire playlist on Disney Plus. Get out, really? Yeah. yeah. That's cool. Like, they've just, like, they've bought into the meme. I love it. They've just embraced it, yeah. <laughs> um, is this a topic of interest for you, man? Like, are you, do you like conspiracy theories as a topic? Or? I hate them. <laughs> <laughs> See ya. <laughs> uh, <laughs> No, I, I love uh, conspiracy theories. I haven't been keeping up with a lot lately. Um, yeah. But it's something that um, veterans of the podcast will um, remember that I did get into some here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, I followed far too many. Uh, and then I started realizing, okay, I'm believing that the Illuminati are running things. No, Mm. this group are running things. No, this group, no, this. And then it became like a, they're all having a power play for the world um, at our expense. Mm. And it just became quite far-fetched. A lot of the things that I was believing and I just kind of sat back and took a look and realized, okay, I'm a bit wacky. Um, (laughs) If I told these, these views to a, clinical professional i may not be going home for a few weeks Um, (laughs) no it wasn't it wasn't that bad but yeah yeah i yeah just i i think i also realized that a lot of the stuff and we'll possibly talk about this in a few Mm. minutes but um a lot of the stuff that i believed i was trying to use to deflect from my own issues my own lack of Mm -hmm. i guess uh Okay. my lack of proactivity hmm. um yeah proactivity hmm. i was just quite a lazy person i had a i had not a huge amount going for me i had some things hmm. going for me likewise but ultimately i just wanted to blame my issues on an external force i didn't hmm. stand up and for my own self address my own hmm. issues and think okay let's own it and um Hmm. and and i want to be careful in saying this but i do see that in a lot of conspiracy theorists i I don't Hmm. know if this is the majority um i do know that i encountered in in my work in the department of corrections a lot of offenders that i dealt with did have certain conspiracy theories that they followed Hmm. uh the the bigger those theories got, the more I realized that these people were somewhat um, not very, again, proactive, not, not very motivated to actually get stuff done for themselves. Uh, so I think that that was a big thing for me, um, just realizing that I needed to take 
responsibility for myself. Um, mm-hmm. But even though I kind of came out of that, I still find conspiracy theories absolutely fascinating. Mm-hmm. Some more small ones I still hold to. Um, mm-hmm. But if they turn out not to be true, I'm not bothered either way. Um, but there, there's an interesting tension you you mentioned there, right? Like, and by the way, man, love your candor, love your vulnerability. It's like, I, 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 it's one of the things I like ardently admire about you. But it's like there's this tension, right? Like of, of the one and the many. Because it's like you, as I understand it based on what you're saying, like, you know, you and this, I think, like one of the merits of the Christian worldview is that the one and the many being this idea that actually you are an individual, uh, but you are also part of groups and communities. Like you are an individual and you have your own ideas and you have your own beliefs uh, passions, interests, but that is also influenced by the context you find yourself in, right? And so, like, interestingly, on the basis of what you're saying, like, obviously, if we talk about sociology, theology of salvation, there's an understanding that as an individual, I am accountable for my actions, I'm accountable for what I do in the relationship with Christ, mm-hmm. as the outworking of that transformation in my own life, but as one of the many as part of the many you are also a product of your circumstances you are also a product of influences and so like it's like you can't bear the weight of the world and kind of your own uh proactivity towards change right there's a certain amount of like i guess you know we're not young men anymore would you say, right? We're young men. We're kind of somewhere in the middle, right? You know? Wise. We're, we're wise. <laughs> we're wise. I'd like to get a touch on that too. Like we're at this point where we're still kind of actually, you know, we know enough to kind of look back and it's like, you know, look how far I've come, but we're, you know, coming into those, you know, stage of like, you know, we'll be 30 in a year or two, a couple of years. And then actually saying like, there's still a lot more we have to go and still a lot more we have to learn. And part of that one of the many is I see it, converging on what you're saying is like you get to an age where you actually realize there's so much i've still got to do there's so much i've still got to work on myself but i also acknowledge that that is a tension of there are circumstances which i am uh under which are of which i have no control over and i cannot actually i can't actively change those things although they do have an influence over me Uh, i don't know like do you think there's that element to it as well like an acknowledgement of that tension, both the one and the many in your life? Um, yeah, potentially. I think a lot of my uh, leanings toward these ideas were pretty... Um, I, I think I ended up being quite isolated in my beliefs that there were some people that I had in my life that would affirm some of these things, but... Um, in terms of also people contributing to uh, issues that I had to address within myself. I don't think there was much of that either. I think it was Mm -hmm. mostly, yeah, encouraged by my own um, lack of uh, motivation. Uh, If Mm -hmm. that answers your question. Yeah, I think so. Like, I want to get on to some of the deeper reasons, like, because part of me bringing up this topic is not only just, like, 
let's have a laugh like let's oh that's interesting like let's yeah. look at some of these ideas but also kind of what is it about um this particular subset of christian thinking and christians that actually lean towards a ready embracing of these ideas like you know what is it in christianity that some of us are more kind of inclined towards that um i mean i can i can speak for myself right like i could say uh, i am smart you are smart i'm not very wise because <laughs> i think there's a difference between those two things right i think um there like i can see the lord has actually gifted me with a good brain but there have been two periods in my own life like i can think as well where you know, I have a certain leaning towards these ideas of flirting with these ideas where it's like, oh, that's so true, you know, like, and it's just, there's a whole cabal, you know, trying to conspire against the whole world. And just like, you know, like, I think God has put that gullibility in me to keep me humble and just be like, okay, make sure you're discerning, make sure you actually yeah. check your facts and cross your T's and dot your I's, make sure you actually check your sources. Mm -hmm. I'm really, I'm enjoying, I think part of it's been on the basis of starting this podcast, I'm really enjoying being at a stage where I'm loving learning again. Like I'm loving actually not knowing everything and being like, I'm going to not say that I have an opinion on that. I'm going to check that. I'm going to try and find out more before I can, before I can claim to have an opinion on that. I can say what I know, but even that runs up against limits. Hey, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think I'd like, I want to talk more to that because I think like I find myself in that same camp. I come with a whole lot of empathy and sympathy for my fellow brothers and sisters who might be, oh, but what about this? And what about that? Um, hopefully towards the end of this, we can maybe offer some advice <laughs> to, to our fellow brothers and sisters to say like, Hey, like maybe not this. And this is maybe that, but some of these tests you can actually apply to actually see why and how, and where is the basis? I don't know. Like, what are your thoughts on that, man? Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I think uh, there, there's, there's a bit to unpack there. So um, <laughs> I, I, I think a big draw uh, for a lot of Christians to conspiracy theories is mm. partially to do with the change they see happening in the world. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that be it a repetition of a past evil or mm -hmm. something that seems new. Mm -hmm. um, we want to be able to combat that. Yes. In the past, we've, we've combated uh, previous, previous evils. Uh, you know, we, we've, we got rid of Hitler. Uh, we, um, which is some interesting conspiracy theories about. Um, we we took down the commies. We you know we abolished slavery um, at least legally. Um, we did these things, but now there are other things that that we I, I think also what that springs to mind is it comes from a lot of insecurity. Uh, if someone espouses an idea that is foreign to our own desires or mm -hmm. um, be it political, religious, social, etc., mm -hmm. I think people feel very insecure in that and they want mm -hmm. to put an end to those opposing ideas. Mm -hmm. um, and, and it's sometimes quite a 
an instinctive thing that's not necessarily uh, deliberate, but they, they tend to want to just combat that right away and say, okay, nah, that that's coming from Satan. Um, and there's no easier way to do that than to accuse someone of being involved in a satanic cabal because if people are suspected of uh, committing such atrocities as sacrificing children, then of mm. course, why would we want them running these companies that we buy our everyday um, mm. essentials from? Why would we want them running our countries? Mm. Uh, so I think that's a very good tactic um, to take down mm. a lot of uh Rival, rival concepts. Mm. Um, did I you ever read? Um, no, sorry, you finish your point. Sorry. Oh no, no, go on. I was going to say, did you ever read um, *Totalitaria* by Ian Wishart? A while ago, I think yes. Yeah, yeah. I remember like that was like. I mean, I've kind of been aware of like conspiracy theories before, but like that was a book that was like, oh my gosh, like you know, like this is this is it, you know, like they've he's he's cottoned onto something that I've kind of been always, you know, suspecting but never known how to put into words. And then like, it's interesting as I've like you know, I probably read that about four or five years ago, time and a bit of distance and hopefully a bit of sobriety and wisdom, hopefully, <laughs> kind of making me think. I remember reading that first part of the book and it's like, yes, yes, yes. And then towards the end of the book, I'm like, mm, not so convinced on that. And then like the, the point that he arrives at, it's like, yeah, nah, uh, not sure I, I can conclusively agree with that. But like, maybe we'll get onto some of the points that he, he uh, touched on in the conversation. I, I just remember that being like a real significant like exposure to like, you know, oh yeah, this is, there is a subset, I think, of Christians that are inclined towards this way of thinking and kind of trying to find the, the breadcrumbs, see where they lead, and it's like, actually, yep, this is, you know, it's clearly taken me to this destination, and I, I'm justified in thinking this, and I'm in, a, in an echo chamber where people are telling me the same thing. Um, a lot of confirmation by I say. Yeah. Introducing. No. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, so I, I think you've touched on something in terms of the echo chambers because yeah that's something that happens just simply enough by just watching the right things on youtube um be it conspiracy theory mm. or political or religious uh topics yes, yes. Our online algorithms pick up on what you're consuming so they start suggesting mm. more and more of that uh, there are certain yeah. algorithms nowadays that try to avoid certain topics uh, mm. that they, the, the owners of the companies believe to be dangerous ideas or um, antithetical to their mission statement, which I understand they're private companies. They have every right to do that. Um, there are some arguments as to why they maybe shouldn't do that. But um, yeah, I, I think again the whole idea of echo chambers that really became a thing for me online yeah i wasn't so good at discerning what was coming my way and i just kind of thought well that lines up with what yes. i want to be true so yes yes why not uh mm. you know that that must be true and, and 
I, I really don't like that politician. So mm. if something comes out that they're they're satanic and they're involved in the Bohemian Grove cult, then cool. Uh, that's great for me. Um, well, it's like it gives you a justification to, to demonize, to not have to adhere to, to not find the redeeming qualities mm-hmm. in another person or in another point of view. Because yeah. it's like, well, if they believe that, then why would I believe anything that they espouse? Like, which I, I don't think is a Christian idea, like no. fundamentally. I, I think, you know, if we understand that someone's the made in the image of God as a Margo Day, you've actually got to affirm the possibility that that everyone can be it's like when christ is actually saying and as in as much as you did it for the least of these you did it unto me like there's actually a, a possibility for the encounter with christ in the face of the other like mother Teresa of calcutta like for example formed much of her ministry on this very idea you know serving the you know the lowest on uh, on the case system like uh in that country and in that context um on the basis of an idea i'm serving christ i'm not just serving this poor person this leprous person this sick and dying person like i think there's very much you okay love (laughs) sorry are you okay love yeah (laughs) um fundamentally yeah fundamentally i don't think that's a christian idea eh? because it's like yeah, I, I mean, it depends on in, in regards to what you're talking about. If you're talking about um, listening to their, I guess, philosophical and religious teachings, then maybe not Romans 16, 17 talks about how we as Christians should watch out for those who teach a doctrine that is uh, foreign or divisive to us and not only to watch out for them, but to avoid them. So... Yes. In regards to that, yes, but uh, in terms of maybe people who are who have something to teach us politically or not in relation to our theological journey, yeah, um, yeah, that's valid. Yeah, um, yeah, like um, I was going to say something to like I want to get onto like talking to some of these particular theories and you know back and forth and ping ponging back and forth a little bit because I want to talk about this meat again. Yeah. But I did, you did mention about that whole idea of um, algorithms kind of setting, you know, what we actually are exposed to. Like, I mean, it's crazy hearing a statistic like Reddit is probably, Reddit now is the source in which most people get their news. You know, um, I, I remember watching a TED Ed video uh, a couple of years ago, but talking about how the algorithms kind of, create an echo chamber for you like they're actually it will serve you up content via facebook via google that you are by your history by the way you actually browse oh you would be looking for this as opposed to that and that's a kind of a modality that kind of it doesn't encourage you to look for the other perspective or if it does it's looking for kind of a straw man perspective rather than actually the valid interpretation on the valid like you know encounter with the opposing point of view to your otherwise point of view like yeah what worrying trends i think but yeah i'd, I'd love to get your thoughts yeah i'd love to get your thoughts as we get back to that but you but you want to say something to that well no, no yeah like i mean uh, 
in regards to that, I guess there could mm. be a conspiracy theory around that. Something that I do believe. Uh, I don't have any mm. necessarily uh, evidence for this. I'm sure one could potentially find it, but mm. um, I think that is a, a a tool that a lot of the, the powers that be or just people who profit off this kind of um, division are trying for. They're, they're trying to have people sit in their ways, left or right. Um, so then there is more division, there is more debate. Uh, you've, because, you've, seen, yeah. you've seen The Great Hack, haven't you? No. Ah, uh, right. So, yeah, sorry, finish what you're going to say. Like, yeah, um, so, so I mean... Um, in regards to that obviously there's a lot of division caused mm. through these echo chambers um, mm. because people are not only um it, it's not that they're refusing to see the other side it's that they're finding it not impossible but near impossible to see the other side because they're bombarded yes. with so much uh information that affirms their own ideals uh, yes. and Again, I'd be happy to be wrong about this, but I'm sure mm. there are people that are certainly uh, happy for this division to be caused. Mm. Oh, like, I, I will give you a prime example of that. Like, so, you know, viewers, my dear co-host, I recommend, you know, watch this with your dear wife later on. Uh, Netflix, The Great Hack. Um, we have an example. This isn't conspiracy theory conjecture. This is prime example, like, factual proven of exactly what Caleb was talking about. Like um, the great hack, look it up on Netflix. <laughs> um, so basically there was a company in the UK called Cambridge Analytica, which you may or may not have heard about, yep. but basically um, they became aware on, of this dynamic of, you know, feeding people content, presenting stuff that actually, uh, plays to their already perspective, to their already a certain point of view. Um, and so Cambridge Analytica, uh, the way they purposed themselves was actually they're uh, like a think tank, they're a, a media creating organization, but they would use AI and they would use algorithms to actually uh, produce content that actually could persuade people of certain points of view which you think sounds kind of innocuous and kind of non, uh, non-important, but it turned out being really, really significant for a number of reasons. So there was a particular country, uh, I'm just going to give the truncated version because it's worth watching for yourself. Um, there was a particular country, I believe it was an Asian country. Um, please correct me in the comments if I'm wrong about that. But basically they swung this election by actually persuading a number of uh, non-aligned voters on a particular issue to vote a certain way. And the idea was that actually they uh, appealed to these younger voters, these swing voters, if you will, using immediate social media campaign about take a stand and a rise up. It was around flash mobs, like, you know, um, and they swung the selection to be, uh, to have a democratic government that was actually voted in over another existing party like so you you see that in the face and you think like you could think nothing of it but it's like that's pretty one powerful two terrifying because like it was social media that was able to actually influence a nation the trajectory of a nation on a certain issue 
cut forward to what happened with the Trump versus Hillary election. And it was confirmed that Cambridge Analytica had a direct hand in the, in the swing states, the swing voters in those states, convincing not to vote Hillary, um, convincing to vote Trump. These people that were unaligned, the, these people that were actually not, hadn't decided in a particular way, they used Facebook to create content that was not factual, very pathological, very emotionally driven to actually convince these voters to vote a certain way. And one of the results of that is that actually uh, Trump was voted. It's not the single thing that was actually related, but obviously this had an influence on how people voted to actually eventuate that result. So cut forward to, you know, we have the fact that, you know, Cambridge Analytica and the CEO was brought in front of, you know, the equivalent of the Senate in the UK and actually come to trial. But it's very hard to actually try someone for stuff like this when there aren't laws in place for this. Yeah. But essentially what you've done is actually you've, you have affected the outcome of a nation by actually convincing people, like you've kind of, you've weaponized, <laughs> like, and that's the way they were talking about it. I'm not even, I'm using their terms. You've weaponized uh, the, the democratic process by actually using these technologies. And what it does is one, without laws in place to actually try people for this, you can't really actually criminalize someone you can't actually you know send someone to prison on the basis of laws that don't exist yeah. and that's kind of the difficult situation they found this particular ceo and this particular company in because they couldn't actually pin them on anything that did exist they tried to but he could actually kind of wriggle his way out. it's like well it wasn't like this it was more like this um very fascinating but yeah. one the second thing is it actually created this precedent of if this company has done this it won't be long before other companies do this and this becomes a free market issue where actually other companies set themselves up. This place has had a monopoly, but you can vie to actually persuade the populace via these digital technology companies to actually get people to vote a certain way. Feeds very much into a post-truth era. And I think like it's, it's an alarming kind of, it's a brave new world that we face, eh? to quote that dystopian yeah. reference yeah yeah well now that you've mentioned that um mm. and especially the name cambridge analytica that does mm. ring a bell i may have watched the great hack i may mm. have watched something else about them mm. um but i don't remember too much of it but i do mm. remember the name so um but yeah no I, I think that's again one of the things that's just quite daunting is it, and and that's what fuels a lot of conspiracy theories as well mm. as the idea that things have happened certain conspiracy theories have been proven to be true mm. um, or pretty darn close to it um one of the really well, probably one of the most well-known conspiracy theorists of today is alex jones yes <laughs> i'm so glad he's come up with this yeah. he, he has to, he has to come up um but but i mean he's a curious one because there's there is a number of things that he's actually said that have come true exactly such mm -hmm. as one, one one of his often go-tos i don't know if he still does this i haven't kept up with his uh more recent stuff mm -hmm. um i found it became a little less exciting when he just became a trump pundit um but not that that's all he is now but pretty much um but i 
he, he would often use the go-to of fluoride in the water. Um, yeah. He would say, we were always talking about how they're putting fluoride in the water. It turned out to be true. Yes. Um, and that, that's a big thing for a lot of conspiracy theorists. Now, a lot of, mm -hmm. uh, a lot of dentists don't necessarily dislike that idea. Um, mm -hmm. And a lot of parents who are paying their kids' dentistry bills don't dislike that idea either. Mm -hmm. um, so is it a bad thing? Is it really a mind control device? Is it really something that dumbs down the population? There's not much, if any, evidence for that at all. But either way, when they were originally saying they're putting fluoride in the water, all the authorities or people that they would speak to would disagree and say, no, we're not. Um, well, I mean, if we're making parallels to the fall of Western civilization with Rome, right? You know, the Roman aristocracy were drinking mercury in their pipes and they were all driven mad. So yeah. you know, maybe fluoride's our mercury. You yeah. know, maybe, maybe, maybe the Mongols are about to sack us. You know, who's to say? <laughs> yeah, or the Russians. <laughs> or the Russians. <laughs> oh, Putin, man. Like, that. I mean, that's that's a rabbit hole we could go down. Like, you know, mm. he's, he's got a bit of like an assassin's smile, eh? Like, um, mm. I've heard about journalists going missing and that kind yeah. of stuff. Um, Although mm. uh, I have noticed a lot of con uh, Christian conspiracy theorists don't really mm. like to talk badly of Putin. Um, because a lot of Christian conspiracy theorists do tend to be more right-wing in their conspiracy theories. Mm -hmm. And um, for some reason, a lot of the, the Western right-wing groups are very pro-Russia right now. Mm. Um, Interesting. Yeah, uh, not not entirely, but a lot of the conspiracy theory ones are, I've found. Yes. And, and they think that uh, there's this uh, little alliance of Putin and Trump working to dismantle the Illuminati from within um, <laughs> and trying to take down the corrupt government from within, which is just... Mm. quite ironic considering mm. the background of both of the men and mm. uh, yeah so yeah I, I'd like to see how actually some of those bigger theories leak and see if we actually cover them but I actually have a list here of some theories that you know are somewhat popular some a little bit more kind of like fun and cavalier some of it more serious and I just wanted to see what your take was on uh, them mm. my dear friend yeah good man um so did you know uh walt disney is cryogenically frozen and he's still alive and he is a bear. he's frozen in a tank underneath the parts of the caribbean ride in disneyland uh -uh. yeah did you know that bless you sorry <laughs> bless you bless you <laughs> i i knew of the theory about him being cryogenically frozen um and <laughs> uh, you're a sheeple you're just believing what everyone else wants to believe <laughs> um, we're talking about conspiracy theories well yes so I, I have heard of the theory of um of him being frozen cryogenically uh <laughs> supposedly it was his desire to be done so whether or not he actually wanted that i've yes. never looked into um 
obviously not but i didn't know about the part that his cryogenically frozen body is under the pirates of the caribbean right i did not know that <laughs> um, now which disneyland are you talking about though as well mm. is what i would want to know um because he probably, is it a matter of is it a matter of different parts of his body are under different disneylands and if you actually you know on a map find all these places together you see where they converge and and it makes a square and compass on a map yes yeah. yes yeah like there, and there's something to be found like his treasure like the will in his last testament like in the center yep yeah x marks the spot man honestly yeah <laughs> no i i've heard that it's like because the technology didn't exist yet basically he's like you know oh well like and so other people have cryogenically frozen themselves as well like it can be as little as say oh what was the statistics i heard the numbers like you know as, as little as six thousand dollars to do this or as like as much as like you know forty thousand us dollars to actually freeze yourself to actually mm. but the technology doesn't exist yet to revive someone and they've never been able to successfully do it yet either as far as we know as far as we know yeah um so our first theory your take is unsolved unproven unsolved, uh, <laughs> solved, unproven um would be interesting though i would like to see him come back and then see where disney's gone um, <laughs> how not anti-semitic and um full of uh racist depiction depictions of african uh cartoons they have moved away from uh, uh i'd like to see his reaction to that mm, mm. Um, but yeah uh sadly this is probably uh, a desire that will not be fulfilled mm. um well i mean once technology exists possibly right <laughs> exactly what's your what's your take on we have never actually landed on the moon when i mean we i'm saying obviously the us but that it was actually it was staged it was faked have you heard this before i've heard this one plenty this is probably one of the oldest modern conspiracy mm. conspiracy theories uh, i was exposed to this like watching a doco when i was like you know like before the age of 10 i was like oh that's interesting yeah, yeah. and there are multiple schools of thought within the theory of the fake moon landing some believe that we oh, did like land what? on the moon but yeah. only in the second um and and only in the second landing was it okay and, and that school of thought is that nasa were rushed off their feet and had to meet a deadline that they could not meet because of the technology that they had or something of the sort and well, they faked there was it. a there was a space race pressure eh? like with russia is that, that right too? Yep, yep yeah so that that so that contributes to the conspiracy theory and that uh, mm. that buzz aldrin's landing was the first landing on the moon mm. um is is that theory then there are theories uh that we just haven't gotten there at all mm. then you can take that even further to say that we don't even have satellites outside of the atmosphere that's mm. within one realm of flat earth uh mm. theories but i'm sure we'll get to that later <laughs> no what's that theory <laughs> um, uh no like i remember the doco like distinctly like they use stuff like you know the flag and the footage it's not wait it's waving 
And so like, you know, if it was on the moon, there's no atmosphere. So surely the flag shouldn't be waving at like the, yeah. the US flag wave stationed. Or they made the point that um, a lot of the scenery that they're actually, you know, got shots of resemble very closely areas close to F Area 51 um, in the States. Yeah. And so it's like, you know, well, you know, like that kind of points to the fact that it could have been faked, it could have been staged. Um, yeah, the space race with Russia is like kind of like, that's a pretty convincing point for me because it makes me think like, I could yeah. see them like, it's it's a matter of prestige. It's a matter of like, you know, uh, superpower posturing. I could see them trying to be like, you know, well, let's try and do it first and actually demoralize mm. in a political spectacle, this thing. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, and um, I think were I to go along with any of those theories, it would mm. be the, we got there, but not in the first try. But I, I still find that quite hard to go along with in the first place why haven't they tried to do it since like because that's an interesting thing to well india are trying for it they are india are trying for it of of all countries that um need to be spending money on getting to the yeah. moon um <laughs> instead of <laughs> addressing the rampant uh sex trafficking or corruption uh, corruption although they are addressing that in places um but yeah that's, that's fair yep yeah um man did you like total tangent did you like hear about um that 250 million worker strike yeah a quarter because, of like, the uh, nation's workers yeah blew my mind like and not no western media you find was reporting on it like i had to like see my friend post about this and feel strongly enough about it to be like I need to subscribe to Al Jazeera because I'm not getting enough, like, <laughs> I'm getting a very Western bias, like, you know. Um, so, yeah, here's, here's an interesting one. So, Avril Levine actually died some time ago and was replaced by a body double called, um, oh, Melissa Vandela, I think her name was. Have you heard this theory? I have heard the Avril Levine theory. Um, yeah. Mm. Yeah, I, I didn't look too much into that one. There are a mm -hmm. few different uh, celebrity double um, theories. There was Avril Lavigne to begin with. Uh, one of the recent ones is Britney Spears um, because there was a whole lot of uh, craziness going on in her world. Um, oh, is that the whole like free bit Britney stuff? And, like it's it's somewhat in relation to that, as far as I'm aware. Man. I haven't looked into that one too much. One of the most recent ones is that Ivanka yeah. Trump has been replaced. Um, really? Yeah, yeah. That um, but like some Russian sleeper agent or something. Like that. Yeah, because she just wasn't super happy with everything going on. Um, oh right. Because there, there there have been a number of. Uh, a number of theories circulating i wouldn't even call them conspiracy theories but just theories about um how ivanka apparently didn't even think that trump was going to win and she was super disappointed oh. and unhappy and, oh. it sounds uh, a bit stepford wifey eh? yeah like yeah like a little yeah, bit stepford wifey one of the celebrity replacement theories that i did look into a while back uh was miley cyrus um, well, she's replaced around the time of her single can't be tamed that was supposedly a rebellion uh 
a rebellion trek telling yeah. the man that she can't be tamed she can't be controlled and um the the theory is that after that she was killed and her body was dumped i think somewhere in a desert in california far out and one of the things behind the theory is that at the time that this supposed death happened um there was a small affiliate station of TMZ mm. that reported on Miley Cyrus's death in that area. Mm. And then all of a sudden, supposedly, they stopped reporting on it. Uh, they didn't even do a follow-up apology. Right. Like, this didn't happen. Got like a gag order from someone higher or something. Supposedly, yeah. And yeah. then Miley started getting a little bit more... Um, more provocative with her with her music and her and her music videos and her performances and they started getting a bit more um in the direction that the uh the record labels supposedly wanted her to go in um i'm convinced so, you've got yeah, me yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll try link some of the stuff about that yeah, <laughs> if i can still find it or if yeah, I, good. yeah. It, it, it's an interesting one to follow there there are a few mm. different um i think someone who covers a lot of the celebrity replacement mm. theories uh just from an interest uh point of view is shane dawson yes yeah well he does some great stuff in conspiracy theories hey he does yeah yeah mm-hmm. um, i watched his one great thing about his conspiracy theories was when he was on the h3 h3 podcast mm. talking about those um and the whole mattress company one that that one's quite a fun one what's that one it's that there are these mattress i can't remember what the company's called but these mattress or uh, companies that are all around the states and there are just so many of them these big ass showrooms that have no one going to them and there are like three like some cities you can just stand in the middle of an intersection and look around and you can see three within a five minute walk really and it just makes like people have no idea what's going on with it a lot of people have speculated that it's like a that it's like yeah that it's like a money laundering kind of yeah that's what i was sniffing smell it smells yeah. like money laundering to me yeah <laughs> So and and that's that's one of the more harmless conspiracy theories out there, but it's yeah. also pretty like what's going on because there are just mm. so many of them. It's almost as if they're like the McDonald's of mattress companies, you know. But <laughs> they don't seem to get that much publicity, or yeah, yeah, seem to have many customers going in and out, or courier drivers, mm. or delivery trucks. Um, Interesting. Yeah. Um. I was gonna say going back to the um Avril Lavigne one, like um she apparently was it was disproven. Like um it, it like it came back from an online Brazilian blog. Um okay. yeah, so basically it was kind of circulated as kind of like a as a bit of a joke, right, by actual Brazilian, you know, Brazilian people. Um, like the disclaimer on the original blog post, um from the original post was actually this blog was created to show how conspiracy theories can look true and like they were citing stuff like you know lyrics and like showing yeah. photos and like differences between faces like you know this is what he she looked like now and this is what she looked yeah. like then like you know um 
but like yeah like what happened is that it was kind of like this inside joke within brazil like you know haha like she's actually still the same person and then like western media picked it up and it's like this is true this is like you know like yeah. and it just got this like much wider like life on yeah. the back of it as a result of um kind of feeds into this whole conversation of like like what we're talking about later and maybe which we can talk about towards the end like journalism is a lot to answer for with some of this stuff yeah and and that reminds me a little bit of the um dihydrogen monoxide mm. pranks have you heard of those <laughs> yeah, yeah so no so like what, what's yeah tell so, me about it tell me about it yeah so for those sorry who cut, cut get it get it yeah no tell me <laughs> yeah so for those who are unaware the dihydrogen monoxide uh is a dangerous chemical it, it causes corrosion in metals um everyone who consumes dihydrogen monoxide dies um which is true um there's, there's it's no in the air that's what I've, I've heard it's in the air yeah like yeah um it's actually present in your body already like okay so it's also known as hydroxyl acid it is the major component of acid rain. It mm -hmm. contributes to the greenhouse effect. Mm -hmm. It may cause severe burns, contributes to the erosion of our natural landscape, accelerates corrosion of rusting and many metals, uh, may cause electrical failures and decreased effectiveness of automobile brakes, and has been found in excised tumors of terminal cancer patients. Now, Serious. anyone with half a brain will know that dihydrogen monoxide is just another name for H2O, water. <laughs> uh, mm -hmm. Now, a lot of people every so often bring about a petition in various local governments around the world to ban dihydrogen monoxide. I think two or three times it's actually gone forth to New Zealand Parliament uh, really? by MPs who have been duped. Um, not, <laughs> not within the last 10 years though, but yeah, yeah, you can look on websites of lists of times dihydrogen monoxide, uh, petitions have been put forward to world parliaments and it's, it's hilarious, um, that that's jokes like, like this become major conspiracy theories. Yes. That's like where you need mates around you being like, Hey, like, let's just look at that through another light for a second, you know, like yeah. let's. Like, think before you post. Like, I mean, I've heard comments like about how Twitter is so bad for this because it's like it rewards impulsivity. Yeah. Like the, the whole the whole interface and the whole way it's set up it rewards on impulsivity. Yeah. And sound bites and like you know, um, let's do something without context. Like hmm. that that's kind of like a dangerous combination for social media. I think. Yeah. Cool. What's mm -hmm. the um? What's the next theory? Next one is uh, all the Disney movies are set in the same universe. Have you heard that one? All Disney movies are set in the same universe. Mm -hmm. I've not. I think I may have come across that one. Mm. Uh, I'd find that really hard to believe with the Cars movies, uh, which my wife <laughs> refuses to even exist. Um, but there, but there are Easter eggs though. There are Easter eggs in the films. Yeah, there are. Uh, and one thing that would tie in a lot of the Pixar movies is obviously mm. the, the star ball that uh, was originally in Toy Story and yes. you know, a bunch of other Pixar films. 
Um, well, you've seen the, top, the, the lion skin that Hercules wears is Scar mm. from The Lion King, right? Like, yeah. that, that's in Hercules' animated film. Yeah. Um, so did you hear... possible. Did you hear that... Uh, El- go on, go on, sorry. No, I was just going to say, have you heard that Elsa and Rapunzel, so for like from Tangled, actually sisters? That's why they actually you know, are both royalty. They both have, you know, magical powers. Uh, you know, they both have a similar origin story. Yep, it's, it's yeah. all linked. Yeah. <laughs> one, one thing I like to ask of that theory is, does that include mm. Star Wars and uh, now oh. Disney? And that there would be no problem with that because that is in a galaxy far, far away. <laughs> does that involve the MCU? Um, oh, you'd have to do a lot of retconning to spin there. I, no, I want to see like Thanos and um, what's his name? Sorry, I'm a Simpson because you know Fox is owned by Disney as well. <laughs> They do. Um, they kind of look similar, Thanos and Homer Simpson. Sorry. So I want to see Thanos and Zerg, Buzz Lightyear's yes. foe, duke it out yes. for uh, universal dominance. Yes. You know, that, that would be quite an interesting... Um, Why those two? That was the first uh, villain within Pixar that just came to mind. <laughs> so... <laughs> yeah um but yeah I, I i don't know much about that conspiracy theory too much i, I have heard a little bit about it but i think that's got less real world application than most uh i mean like you can hold that opinion that's fine you know <laughs> i think it's really important um yeah. uh, do you know an interesting one that links back to the the walt disney one uh, cryogenically frozen is people were finding if you typed in you know Disney Frozen the first thing that came up was not the film it was this conspiracy theory so people were making the links that like oh then it must be true like because that's what they actually Google spitting up. <laughs> okay, that 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 yeah. that's interesting. Mm. Yeah. Um. Hey, shout out uh, Christine Walton from the last podcast. She. Uh, recommended plugged ancient aliens um the show right yeah i yeah. still haven't seen it but like i think like i don't know if this has been an episode of ancient aliens i think that this would actually that surely would be a featured episode i want i need to go and watch this show for this reason what do you think of the idea that atlantis as a space as an ancient civilization had space age technology um Honestly, that there are a lot of different Atlantis-related conspiracy theories. Um, mm-hmm. Interestingly enough, uh, especially within the circles of Freemasonry, not mm. in terms of conspiracy theories about Freemasons, which there are plenty of, but mm. uh, Freemasons uh, have this, about like half of them believe that we, and that this is an old uh, old study but like believe that there's a an Atlantis that existed and was full of elevated uh, kind of people who had who had discovered a certain truth to the universe mm. um, but 
they can't be that enlightened because you know the wise man built his house upon the rock <laughs> well well we could but, go down but there, there, there are some interesting theories about atlantis mm. here and there um i mean we we could shout out our homeboy michael heiser and you know, yeah. do it, go down, go down a rabbit hole, and be like, mm, "There's Nephilim uh, a foot here. <laughs> there's, there's something Michael, of consequence here." Except Michael Heiser would not like any of his ideas being used to prove the ancient alien theories, <laughs> no, uh, because he has an entire website dedicated to it. Uh, yes. As I may, I can't remember if I mentioned in our podcast with Christine Walton, mm. or if it was off air, mm. um, that there is one major idea behind most ancient alien theories and that is uh some supposed cuneiform tablets mm. uh, that were translated by a man named zechariah sitchin um, who it turns out is not um is not qualified to do such translation mm. also turns out the tablets were not uh, verified to be genuine historic oh, ancient, right. um, historic artifacts nor did the tablets say anything close to what he claimed it did uh, and he claimed that there were these people called the Anunnaki who resembled lizards that came down from the sky and they yeah. and then there are different accounts that they came up from under the earth as well uh, and they were ancient uh, they were an ancient civilization. Some theories are that they came from outer space. Some are that they came from Earth and then went underground and came out later. Um, either way, they, they supposedly held wisdom and, and passed this wisdom down to the ancient Near Eastern people. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll put this in the, in the description. There's a website called sitchinaswrong.com. I love the name of the website and, and it minimizes <laughs> and details every reason why you just can't follow these ideas of ancient aliens. Well, I, I remember watching, um, so it was a doco on the subject and they talked about how you know, the, the theory that they were inclined to embracing was that this particular people, let's call them Atlanteans for the sake of argument. Yeah. Um, were an advanced people group, but they weren't necessarily like, you know, space age advanced, right? Um, you know, like the likes of hieroglyphics, sighting them, showed them with some kind of like hovercrafting technology, right? Or, um, or the fact that actually there was an argument that actually in the Stocko that the actual island of Atlantis was not in the Atlantean Ocean, but was probably more an island in the Mediterranean and would have been like an island civilization that was perhaps buried either by an ancient flood event or like say some kind of massive volcanic event mm. that actually could have actually submerged the city under the sea. Yeah. Um, that was one. Is it linked to kind of the sources you were mentioning or? I think so. Uh, yeah. Most ancient alien ideas have their roots in Zechariah Sitchin's mm. uh, writings without those there seems to be no archaeological claim uh they, mm. they tend to make they tend to say well you might say there's no proof for this but there's definitely proof that shows that ancient be ancient civilizations believe something of the sort and then without sitchin's ideas those ideas go out the window mm -hmm. um, and also one of the things that 
uh, is also linked to uh, Zechariah Sitchin's ideas is Planet Nibiru or Planet X, um, which is a planet that is 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 on a constant trajectory around our unit, our, our solar system. Sorry, and every so often, depending on who you talk to, some people say every few thousand years, some people say every few dozen. Uh, it comes into our solar system and then leaves. Um, some people have further ideas about Planet X, about how, or Nibiru, that uh, that's where the Anunnaki came from. Um, yeah. Um, I mean, that's a good segue to, you know, uh, Mark Zuckerberg is a lizard person and so are the famous rich people. <laughs> lizard people yeah. are one of the... Um, one of the great uh, conspiracy theories out there. Mm, mm. Um, like, the, uh, can I just say, like, that theory seems on the surface completely outlandish and ridiculous to me. Like, <laughs> there is some on this list that I'm thinking, okay, maybe. Like, I really want to know, like, what is, maybe you don't know this, like, but, like, I want to know what is the basis that people have for thinking some of this. Yeah. Um, and don't tell me it's Mark Zuckerberg, like, you know, sticking his tongue out and, like, you know, doing the eye thing when he's speaking to the Senate. Yeah. Is, is, uh, that, is that the proof you're going to cite? No, no. Um, it, It's actually a picture where he has about seven fingers on one hand. <laughs> um, <laughs> same setting um, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. so the, the, the reptilian ideas uh, tend to be from people who have started off smaller with their conspiracy theories and then they get into more and more and um, I think some Christians have a little bit of a uh, some Christian conspiracy conspiracy theory theorists have a bit of an introduction to it through the likes of um bill schneblin who i mentioned in our first podcast mm. yes um who believed that he at times has, has put forward ideas that uh you can find reptilian shapeshifters in mormon temples um okay and okay. that you can also find them uh, on secret military bases and which is a little less far-fetched but still far-fetched but <laughs> less so than the mormon idea um okay and yeah uh that that's a whole nother thing um i'll maybe link a video to everyone <laughs> talking about that um, that was fun yeah and yeah i i think one of the biggest um just mainstream uh, pushes of the idea of the reptilian shapeshifters is David Icke, mm. who's an Englishman. He, um, pretty much anyone in power uh, is a reptilian if you use his uh, mode of rationale, I guess. Um, the Queeners, um, they built the moon thousands of years ago as a mind control device. And those of you who are thinking that is preposterous, that is proof that the mind control device is working because they don't want <laughs> you to wake up. Um, 
And I'm not, if I'm laughing, I'm just another non-believer sheeple. Another sheeple, yeah. Because I'm skeptical, yeah. Exactly, yeah. Um, <laughs> so it, it, it's kind of that that circular, well, I don't know if circular reasoning is the idea, but it's it's similar to the whole brain in a jar concept. Yes. There's no way to actually prove it. So it's a silly argument in and of itself, but it, it's interesting either way. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. No, I actually, I heard um, the idea that, so when um, Joe Rogan like hit Alex Jones on the podcast, and I like how he actually engages with Alex Jones, right? Because um, Joe and Alex are mates. So like, even though Joe's like, you know, like Joe will just have on people he wildly disagrees with just to actually have a conversation and see where the conversation goes, right? Um, and he's actually said like, you know, having Alex Jones on multiple times, um, you know, hey, there are some things that you actually turned out true, you know, and I actually agree with some of the things you've said, and there are some things that I, you know, disagree with you. But mm. he gives it, he gives them, he gives them a platform because he actually, he's a respecter of persons, not necessarily of just ideals, which I kind of admire. Plus, um, also, it gets him lots of views. Yeah, true that, true that. Well, I mean, I remember with one of the casts, like he talked about, um, Alex Jones talked about what the Chinese were doing with these chimeras and it made me wonder if there's any link of uh, with the reptilian thinking or are they, as you understand, are they entirely different? Or are you, have you not heard about the Chinese chimera? I've heard a little bit about it, but I've never looked into it nor no, to see whether there's any um, connection to the reptilian ideas. Mm. So like ba- basically, you know, I should probably footnote this as well. Like, you know, um, we're not professing to be any of experts in any of this, uh, dear audience. No. <laughs> like, uh, if no anything, to be believers. No. <laughs> yeah. Well, good disclaimer. Like, we're just we're we're lovers of learning. We love actually. Um, I, I was watching this uh, odd ones out video on conspiracy theories recently, and I loved how he kind of actually put it. Like, I just want to know why people believe that. That just seems so fascinating. Why people would hold different opinions, but. I thought the Chimera one was interesting because it's basically this idea and I invite you to look up any of these topics, look up this topic for yourself. The Chimera theory is basically Chinese scientists are doing experimentation on human animal hybrids to actually uh, make, you know, super soldiers, the ideal person. Um, it's, it's around a similar idea of like, you know, is cloning happening in the world in different nations? Is it not? Has it been done successfully? Um, you know, embryonic stem cell research, like similar kind of thinking. Yeah. Um, and uh, Which yeah, is a, I guess. a great idea, I guess, um, for Alex Jones to espouse because mm. he being very pro-life mm. would, that, that that's a great, way to put down any um any pro-choice arguments by saying Mm. well those those aborted fetuses are not only um not only uh children that have no chance to live but not only that but Mm. they're also uh they're also going towards building human animal hybrids that will take over the world and yes if, if I recall, that's, yeah. that, that's the context it was being talked about. In. Like he was actually saying, you know, there are politicians in the US who are signing off on just like, you know, parts of bot babies and, you know, babies' bodies, you know, right after, you know, birth or like, you know, yeah. and they're getting these bodies, you know. 
can't confirm, can't pass an opinion and say, yes, this is definitely true or yeah. uh, or neither can I say, you know, I definitely don't believe that, you know. Mm. We're, we're humbly professing to say, you know, we want to open some conversation. We're learning as well. Uh, just, yeah, acknowledging that this is something that some people believe. Yeah. Um, on the idea of actually brain in the jar, what do you take of the whole reality as a simul- simulation? Like Neil deGrasse Tyson and Elon Musk have kind of uh, popularized this idea in kind of being, you know, uh, soundbited and as talking about it. Do you subscribe to much of that idea or? No. Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll refer to my previous statement, I guess, about how it is just an, an illogical idea to, well, not mm. enough illogical is the word, but you just can't make an argument for it, nor can you mm. make an argument against it. Yes. Uh, if it were something more of like a matrix type situation where people can be freed from the simulation. Um, and then we had instances of supposed proofs from that, then maybe that could be proven. But uh, I think most of the simulation theories are kind of along the lines of you can only break free from this when you take DMT, um, yes. which is just <laughs> kind of like, if you want to examine something rationally, uh, <laughs> destroy your brain, uh, your, your cognitive capacities. Um, and now a lot of DMT, uh, people pro DMT will be hating me for saying that. And, oh, well, let's <laughs> see things that you don't see regularly. Um, but, and that's just how it's popularized. Like everyone's like, you know, saying that it will destroy your brain. That's just, you know, that's what they want to believe. And I probably am for our, three viewers one of which is a hard <laughs> conspiracy theorist um <laughs> i could uh you know that th- i'm now actually I- i'm 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 part of the conspiracy yes um, you are to them according to those conspiracy <laughs> theorists if i'm starting to go against dmt then i clearly cannot be um i must be getting paid by big pharma <laughs> <laughs> Um, you know, the, the person who's come closest to convincing me of this particular conspiracy theory, so this is one that I'm actually, I'm, I'm inclined towards, believe it or not, okay. is Chuck Missler. Do you know, do you, are you familiar with any of Chuck Missler's stuff? I love Chuck Missler. I'm not, I'm not yeah. familiar with a huge amount of his stuff, but what I have yeah. seen, he, he's a onto a guy. Mm. Um, so Chuck Missler, um, now deceased, you know, bless him. Mm. Um, he was a former scientist like a very high up i think he worked for general motors at one point he worked for nasa at one point like he's a quite a brain like rocket scientist not an exaggeration like an actual description of the positions that he held um he was entrepreneurial at one point uh he went on to become a bible teacher and kind of brought some of his understanding of like high level science and uh just general word knowledge to bear on his actually exegetical studies of the Bible. Um, I remember hearing in one of his, uh, he had a popular radio show called um, 6640, which was like how basically talking about how the Bible is an integrated message system, you know, that actually uh, beautifully shows us like actually uh, how it can be proven, you know, pretty much beyond a shadow of a doubt that actually the, bug, the biblical worldview is the best way to view the world. And one such point he talked about on reality as a simulation 
I remember hearing once upon a time is this idea that actually if you look at the universe at an atomic level, the tiniest we can go, um, you're actually talking about things that are actually essentially digital, you know, even measurements and actually to the, you know, 10th exponent on a micro scale, you're actually talking about, you know, or negative exponent, I should say, you're talking about things that are actually divided by twos, binary, okay. essentially, right? And so this idea of being, things being divisible by this and that, and thinking of actually the universe operating on this scale, on this very micro scale and on the macro scale, on a binary understanding of things, this might lend itself to understand reality as being digital, but actually uh, perhaps heaven beyond is a more unified reality where actually things all kind of uh, a shared fabric of reality. Okay. And it kind of lends us to this eschatological vision that actually uh, heaven is the grander reality. Heaven and earth actually combined is actually the, the reality we're all waiting for. That this idea that actually reality is a simulation kind of fits in quite nicely with a theistic okay. worldview because you could actually say like God has created this reality to be kind of a, a leaning towards a preparation for the reality is, that is to come, which is heaven and earth actually uh, coinciding, then diagramming, converging on the same space terrestrially and spiritually. Mm. Mm. Well, cause I, I've, I've heard of the, the simulation theories, but I've not heard, too much of Neil deGrasse Tyson or Elon Musk, like you say, talking about it. I know that they do talk about it, but mm. I haven't paid much attention. As very scientifically minded men, mm. the men that are, did, do they have similar arguments to, or similar theories to that idea that Chuck Missler has put forth? Well, I mean, they actually reason it that, like, you know, perhaps super intelligent minds actually set this thing into motion, but it's like, it's a curious perspective, right? Because they both present as atheists, Neil deGrasse Tyson vocally. Yeah. yeah. Um, not disrespectfully, but just vocally, I am an atheist. Mm. And it's like, it's funny when you start presenting like super intelligent minds, because it's not a far jump to start considering like, well, that sounds like a creator to me. And like, if you're talking about a creator, like, like, that doesn't sound far a jump from theism. Yeah. I don't know. Sounds like a kind of masquerading as theism. Yeah. If, if by my examination. So uh, Bermuda Triangle is a portal to another dimension. Mm -hmm. uh, basically, you know, the Bermuda Triangle is a space in the Atlantic Ocean, I believe. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, on off the coast of the States of the United States. And it is a well-known documented area for weird electromagnetic activity. Um, thousands, planes, yep, thousands of ships and planes and people have gone disappeared, like have disappeared over decades of our, you know, ocean, oceanic travel and air travel um, in this, you know, space, quite large areas, large triangulated area of our airspace and ocean space. But um, yeah, some people actually are of the mind it could be actually a portal to another dimension. I think a more reasonable, rational mind is actually because it's a space for weird electromagnetic space. Um, things just actually go eerie and squarey and like actually just get lost and crash and never discoverable again. 
you can imagine even like a very technical you know plane of this day and age using gps technology if suddenly it lost its coordinates and lost its bearings it could very easily get lost and very easily crash and very easily not find its home because we're talking about thousands of miles of ocean easy right yeah. no that's too simple <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> yeah i mean the, the bermuda triangle uh is you know a lot of people think that since it's a triangulated position within the atlantic ocean that may be where atlantis is or was yes, yes. Um, a few different theories about that i remember back in my conspiracy theory days i and I don't know if I thought of this myself or if it was something that I had borrowed from someone else, but I don't remember anyone else speaking about it. Um, but when I was speaking to a friend who was into some conspiracy theories, I said, like, what if that's, and this doesn't line up uh, geographically um, with, with biblical description, but I said, what if that is where the Garden of Eden is? Mm. Um, especially because it's most likely on a mountaintop <laughs> but i said what if that's where the garden of eden is and that's where you know the the guardian outside of the garden is stopping people from getting in mm. any ships that get near they've seen it and mm. they've been killed by this angel um <laughs> a silly idea did you get that idea watching the disney film atlantis with <laughs> because if you say yes then you've convinced me solve like Sad, sadly not um yeah uh, again i don't know if it was my idea or if i borrowed it from someone else or yes but I, I i i never believed it i just that was one of my what if theories mm. um did your friends start believing it be like yeah yeah and run with it well, I don't know if they believed it, but they were like, that's a good question because yeah. that person wasn't the brightest either. Um, Bro, you're a wolf in sheep's clothing, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, false teacher alert. False teacher alert. I was, I was spreading uh, conspiracy theories uh, <laughs> deliberately that I didn't even believe. <laughs> Sophistry at its best. Yeah, ex exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Hey everyone, we went a bit over time in this episode, so we're splitting it off into two parts. Part two is already uploaded and the link should be in the description on YouTube. Thanks for listening to 2 or 3 Gathered.